0: S-C-H-O-O-L dot com slash Purple Rocket to save $15 on your child's first class. com slash Purple Rocket, code Purple Rocket. And don't forget, parents, supporting our sponsors is a great way to support this podcast. And now, back to our show. Hey, Rocketeers, I've got a really special treat for you. My good friend, Mr. Eric from the What If World podcast will be helping me tell this story. And if you head on over to his podcast and check out his What If Miss episode, you'll hear more about one of the characters from today's story. That's right, we teamed up on each other's holiday episodes and made them connect. The What If Miss special is basically a sequel to this story, so be sure to check it out right after listening to today's episode. We hope you enjoy. The Purple Rocket Podcast presents Life. Episode 26 A Merry Little Christmas Christmas was a magical time of year for the Dawsons. Their cozy little farm in the country was usually covered in snow, and the warm glow of their humble little Christmas tree shone brightly in the front window next to a large stone fireplace. The smell of fresh cinnamon cakes and cider wafted from the back door and carried all the way down the hill to an old pine tree near the flower garden. This was most appreciated, not by the deer and the other animals that frequented the area, but rather the Little family. The Littles lived in a small burrow dug under the roots of the old pine tree. A gabled porch made from two leaning shoes held a small lantern that dangled from a string, and smoke curled up from a tiny pebble chimney that poked up out of the trunk's bark. The Littles were a unique family. Frequently mistaken for fairies, they were about the size of a human thumb, but with no wings and, most unfortunately, no pixie magic. But the Littles got along just fine without it, and as small as they were, they took very good care of the Dawsons' farm. The Dawsons liked to think their thriving crops and happy animals were the result of their hard work, And they were partly right for thinking so. But it was really the Little's tiny touch that made the farm so fruitful and pleasant. Hugh Little regularly worked the fields with his itty-bitty son, Gorbert, poking holes and nurturing the plants. Tabitha Little usually tasked herself with caring for the animals. But this year, she'd be letting little Gorby take over her duties... She was expecting a little addition to their family any day now, so she spent much of her time waddling around the burrow, rearranging furniture and decorating for the holidays. Ah, nibble-figgits, said Hugh as he hovered over a little hollow acorn that bubbled over the stove. He had a curly blonde beard, and like the rest of his family... "'wore an odd bundle of clothes made from leaves and spare fabric "'held together by a single safety pin that ran the length of his back. "'What's wrong, Hugh?' Tabitha said, "'struggling to string green moss with berries and pixie lanterns along the wall. "'Her blonde hair bobbed in a frizzy mess as she spoke, "'and her belly was as plump as a huckleberry. "'This carmeled pinecone is burnt to a crisp. "'Goosefeet!' "'I must have forgotten about it. "'I can't take these caroling. "'They'll break everyone's teeth.' "'Don't be silly, Hugh. "'The Taylors and the Hootsons "'won't mind a little char in their holiday treats. "'Box em up. "'We best be going "'if we want to make our rounds before bed. "'Gorby, time to go, dear.' "'A tiny boy with curly black hair "'ran down the spiral bottle-cap staircase "'holding a strange instrument.' "What's that?" his mother asked. "It's a bugle carol, Mum. You hold it up to your mouth like this," he demonstrated by holding up the strange bugle made from an apple core. "Then you sing a holiday song. 'Tis the season <laughs> to be jolly, la 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 la." His voice filled the little home and made Hugh and Tabitha cover their ears. "Lovely," his mom said weakly. Another invention. With that goon in a bob, the Torsons may even hear our carols this year. Come on, Hugh! Hugh was now sitting on the tissue box couch, munching happily on a caramel cone. Yes? What are you doing? Enjoying this caramel cone, of course? Mm. Mm. Who made these? Tabitha smiled and Gorby chuckled. "'You did, Dad! You made them for our neighbours, remember?' Hugh Little had an especially tiny brain that gave him a nasty case of forgetfulness. "Ah, Yes, that's right!' Hugh said, jumping to his feet. "'Hopefully they won't mind a few bites taken out of them, eh?' He gingerly placed the half-eaten candied pine cones back into one of the boxes. He paused and slowly looked up at all of the holiday decorations. What's with the berries and the pixie lanterns? It's Christmas, Hugh, Tabitha reminded him for the hundredth time. All right, right, (laughs) yes, oh yes, the caramel cones, the lights, I see, I see, well, okay, off we go then. Tabitha took a few pixie lanterns from the wall and handed them out. A fairy friend from the Tulip Clan had once started the never-ending pixie flame for her, and it had warmed their home for years. Tabitha regularly used it for cooking and lighting their quaint little burrow. At Christmas time, it filled her holiday lanterns that were strung along the walls. Holding their lanterns tight, they put on their tiny coats and marched out the door and up the mushroom steps that wound around the pine tree's trunk. Up! Up! to the hole of the Hootsins. Oh, this belly of mine, Tabitha groaned with every step. I can barely see the stairs in front of me. Many painful steps later, they finally reached the Hootsins near the top of the tree. After little Gorby gave the trunk a few hard knocks, the owl neighbors poked their heads out of the hole.
1: Who's there?
0: said Mr. Hootsin. "'Oh,
1: shoot, it's the Littles,'
0: said Mrs. Hootson quietly, but not quietly enough. "'Oh, look, it's the Hootsons,' Mr. Little beamed. "'What a pleasant surprise! What are you doing up here?'
1: "'We live here, Hugh,'
0: the Hootsons reminded him with a roll of their big owl eyes. "'Little Gorby gave his dad an elbow.' We're caroling, Dad, remember? Oh, oh, right, right. The Little sang their best rendition of Joy to the World, while Gorby belted the words through his new bugle caroler.
1: Yes, yes, that's very nice.
0: The Hootsons interrupted halfway through the second verse.
1: Happy holidays to you.
0: They snatched the box of caramel cones from Mrs. Little and
1: disappeared into their hall. Goodness gracious, these are hard.
0: One of their voices
1: echoed from the hole. I think they can eat rocks this year, said the other. It's a good thing we don't have teeth, or they'd be broken. Is it just me, or is that boy purposefully making inventions that annoy us? First, the pea shook her, and now they. I wouldn't be surprised. And did you see Tabitha's belly? Looks like we'll have another one to worry about. Outside
0: the owl hole, the poor Little still stood there quietly, hearing every word of the Hootson's gossip. Mrs. Little's ears turned raspberry red. Mr. Little, on the other hand, still smiled, his cheeks rosy and full. "'Who do you suppose they're talking about?' he asked. "'Mrs. Little shook her head at him. "'Don't worry about it, Dad,' Gorby said, patting him on the shoulder. "'Let's go to the tailors.' "'Holding their flickering pixie lanterns, "'they made their way further up the trunk to the tailors. "'When their squirrel neighbors came to the doorway of their acorn cabin, "'the Little sang them carols with slightly less gusto,' and then made their way down the tree to the Dawson's back porch. It was a little family tradition to leave a bowl of fresh-picked berries on the back porch of the Dawson's at Christmas time. Together, they positioned the bowl, knocked on the back door, and rushed behind a nearby bush. While they waited, a furry white cat with a red bow on its collar strutted out of the shadows. It circled the bowl.
1: "'Cranberries and raspberries, really?'
0: "'The snooty cat purred.
1: "'Look at these. Are they even in season?' "'Probably not. Don't these pathetic humans know I want the full mixed berries, "'picked fresh and served with yogurt and oats. "'This is hardly an evening parfait.' "'He sniffed the bowl and shrugged "'Oh, well.' "'I guess I'll just have to dispose of them.'" To the little family's horror, the
0: cat gobbled up the berries that took them days to collect. Suddenly, the back door opened and warm light flooded out onto the porch. "'Snowflake,
1: where did you get those berries?'
0: a woman's voice said.
1: "'Oh, dear. Those are the berries that someone usually leaves us every Christmas. Bad cat, bad.'" George
0: She called back into the house
1: Snowflake got into our Christmas Berries He's just figuring out the farm Adel, let him be First all the holes dug up in the Garden, now this I don't know if this was a good idea Lucy wanted a cat for Christmas Adel, George said What do you want me to do? Adel sighed Nothing I guess
0: she grabbed the empty bowl off the porch and closed
1: the door. That's right, Adle, Snowflake said to the closed door. There's nothing you can do about it.
0: <laughs> the cat shook its fluffy behind and laughed to himself. What wonder! The- Snowflake stopped his insulting dance to stare into the bush where the littles were hiding. Don't move, Tabitha whispered. Mr. Little nodded, but then, a second later, his face went blank. "'Look! A new friend!' "'No, Dad!' "'Gorby tried to stop him, but it was too late. "'He watched as his dad stepped out of the bush and walked right up to the cat.
1: "'Well,
0: hi-you there! You must be new to the farm. My name is Hugh Little.' "'He reached out his tiny hand to shake the cat's paw,' But seeing as the cat made no move to take his hand, he instead grabbed onto the cat's black nose with two hands and gave it a good shake. Nice to meet you. You little. The cat snarled. That's right, that's me. You little.
1: I just had this nose powdered, you little nit. The cat hissed and bared its teeth.
0: Run, Hugh! Tabitha cried. Gorby shouted through his bugle carol, making the cat cower back, giving the littles a chance to bolt for the pine tree. Snowflake came to his senses and chased after them, kicking up snow as he ran. The littles ran as fast as their tiny legs would carry them, but the cat was gaining on them with every stride. Just as they reached their burrow, the cat pounced. (coughs) Like a fuzzy white accordion, the cat slammed into the tree and its face smooshed into the open doorway. The little stood in the far corner of the room and looked at the cat's hilariously squished face in the door. After catching their breaths, they snickered.
1: You think this is funny, do you? The cat meowed through pursed lips. Yeah, you like that? Fuzzy face smooshed into your door? "'Bet you don't see that every day, do you?' "'Well, laugh it up, you little hors d'oeuvres.' "'Because the next time your teeny-weeny behind set foot outside this door, "'my mouth will be waiting to chew you up.' "'That's right, my little sushi rolls. "'You haven't seen the last of me?' <laughs> "'Snowflake laughed and tried to pry his face from the doorway. <clears throat> "'Well, I'm in here good, aren't I?' Okay, this is embarrassing. Could you just maybe give me a little push? But the littles weren't born under a tree. Well, okay, maybe they were,
0: but they weren't fools. They stayed well clear of Snowflake's mouth and instead pushed between the cat's eyes with a broomstick.
1: Ow, oh, okay, well, that uh, doesn't feel good. Maybe a little I Watch the eyebrows, kid! I just had them plucked. N- now, now, hold on, what do what you. I-, I think one broom was plenty. Hey, ow, ow, ha! Now that's my eye! Come on, we
0: Plop! Snowflake's head popped out of the doorway, and the white furball of a cat tumbled back onto the snow. Doing circles with its jaw to regain the feeling in his face, he said,
1: See you soon, my little cream puffs. See you soon. With that, Snowflake
0: strutted back up the hill towards the cottage. Oh, look! A cat! Hugh Little said suddenly. Unfortunately, life only got worse for the poor littles. It seems Snowflake had made it his personal duty to make their lives miserable. Every day he patrolled the old pine tree, waiting for them to come out. He'd even dug holes trying to find a way into the burrow, but to no avail. It was so bad that in order to get food, one of the littles would have to climb out of the secret bark hatch behind the trunk and scurry off to pick berries from the garden. If they tried to leave something for the Dawsons, Snowflake would just gobble it up. If they were caught out and about, he'd chase them through the snow. Needless to say, it was the most stressful holiday season the Littles had ever lived through. The Dawsons didn't have it much better. One crisp winter evening, only a couple days before Christmas, the Littles snuck out of their burrow and crept past Snowflake, up to the Dawsons to make one last attempt at leaving a holiday treat for them. This time they planned on dangling a net full of berries from the window, High enough to keep out of reach from Snowflake. But as they tied the net to the rain gutter, they heard Mr. and Mrs. Dawson talking inside. What are we going to do, George? Came Adel's voice as she paced the kitchen.
1: We can't afford to buy presents this year. Well, said George, scratching his chin. I don't know. I guess we'll really have to count on Santa this year. Hopefully he can bring us something nice for Lucy. That's all that really matters. But George, what about the storm? They're predicting fog for the next few days. Half the town's worried Santa won't be able to even see our village. All we can do is hope. George sighed. Maybe we'll get lucky and it'll clear up before Christmas Eve. The littles looked at each other. This was
0: not good news. Santa not being able to find the town? As if Snowflake wasn't already making it the worst Christmas ever. Now this? And yet, perhaps there was something the Littles could do about it after all. Climbing down the drainpipe, they scurried back to their burrow and immediately got to work making little presents for the Dawsons. Hugh made a few wind-up planes out of wood, But by the time he was finished, he'd forgotten who he'd made them for and started playing with them in the living room. No matter how many times they told him, he just couldn't seem to remember that it was Christmas. Tabitha sat in the ice-skate rocking chair and crafted the most beautiful hand-carved utensils for Mrs. Dawson. And little Gorby made his best invention yet. A wind-up walking doll for little Lucy Dawson. He'd seen how much she liked to play with dolls in the garden, and he was sure this would become her new favorite. Mom and Dad even pitched in by helping paint her facial features, and Mom made a cute little dress from spare fabric. The next day, as they were putting the final touches on their gifts, they heard a loud, Meow! Splash! Coming from outside. Carefully, they poked their tiny heads out and saw a hole in the icy pond beyond the garden. Wet paws splashed above the surface.
1: Help!
0: Snowflake cried, barely keeping his head above water.
1: Somebody help!
0: Hugh grabbed a rope from the cupboard and with his family ran to Snowflake's rescue. They sprinted across the snow and over the icy pond to the flailing cat. Hold on! Hugh shouted as he lassoed Snowflake's paw and pulled the rope tight. All together! One, two, three! The little family pulled with all their might, and to their amazement, the sopping wet cat was heaved out of the water before collapsing onto the ice. Hugh's bearded face looked at Snowflake as if seeing him for the first time. Look, Tabby! I caught a cat! I know, Hugh! Mrs. Little quickly threw her biggest blanket over Snowflake, which unfortunately only covered half his body. Then they stepped back and watched nervously as the soaked cat shook the freezing water from its fur. The Little shielded themselves from the flying icy droplets.
1: Not you, Snowflake said through jittering
0: teeth. But you... uh, why would... Snowflake paused before hissing and running off towards the cottage. "'Merry Christmas to you, too!' little Gorby shouted after him. The littles hurried home, and as they did, they noticed thick fog rolling in from the mountains. "'Look, Ma!' Gorby said, pointing to the fog. "'The Dawsons were right. There's going to be fog on Christmas. What are we going to do?' Mr. and Mrs. Little stopped on their porch and thought for a moment. The slow-moving fog looked like a dark, ominous cloud. "'Phew! The pixie lanterns!' Tabitha said excitedly. "'I got it! You tie as much rope together as possible. I'll make as many pixie lanterns as I can. And Gorby?' Gorby perked up. "'Think you can combine one of your pea-shooters with your bugle-caroller?' Gorby grinned. "'Piece of bark!' He ran into the house and started on it at once. All through the night and into the next day, the Littles worked feverishly on their plan. Hugh tied together as much rope as he could find and regularly had to be reminded why he was doing so, occasionally stopping to jump rope with it. Tabitha made what had to be thousands of pixie lanterns that piled up around the house like little glowing paper balls and the sounds of Gorby sawing and hammering upstairs seemed to constantly fill the background. The sun rose on Christmas Eve, though you could hardly tell. A blanket of fog covered the town, so thick you could barely see several feet in front of you. The littles continued their work through the day, and when night finally came, Gorby ran down the stairs with his latest and best invention, a bugle carol shooter ''Let's do this!'' he said. With all their supplies packed, they crept out their front door and froze. Snowflake stood just outside waiting for them, a sinister white furry grin on his face. There was a long terrifying moment of silence as the big fluffy cat and the Little family stared at each other. ''Please!'' Mrs. Little said, rubbing her pregnant belly. "'It's for the Darsons. Santa isn't going to be able to find their home, or anyone's home for that matter, in this fog. "'We need to help Santa find the village. Will you—'
1: she swallowed. "'Help us?' "'You want me to help you?' Snowflake said slowly. "'The littles nodded. "'Well, I guess I could make an exception.' Since it's Christmas and all. The little family beamed. Ha <laughs> ha! Why are we smiling? Hugh said joyfully. Snowflake puffed out his chest. What do you need me to do?
0: Minutes later, the little family was riding atop Snowflake's back, holding tight to his long white fur. woo Gorby cheered as Snowflake ran across the rooftops, jumping from one house to another. Gorby aimed his bugle-carol shooter and fired a string of pixie lanterns along the rooftops that stuck to the icy, wet snow. You and Tabitha fed the endless rope of lanterns through the back of the shooter while Gorby fired. Pat, 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 pat. One by one, every cottage in the village was covered in a continuous string of pixie lights, glowed through the fog. At last, they reached the Dawson's, the smallest house in the village. Gorby made sure to cover this home completely in tiny lanterns to make sure Santa couldn't possibly miss their home. Once the last strand of lights was fired around the chimney, Snowflake bid them farewell and the little family crawled down the flue into the Dawson's living room. There they pulled out the gifts they'd made and dropped them into the stockings hanging over the fireplace. Then they climbed back up the chimney and looked out over their handiwork. The entire town glowed under the cloud of fog. Snowflakes as big as their heads fell over the rooftops, making the village look like a magical holiday display. Being so small, Gorby could see the beautifully intricate designs of each snowflake as it floated by. "'Ah,' Hugh said with a look of realisation, "'it's Christmas.' Gorby and Tabitha hugged him. "'That's right,' Mrs. Little said with a chuckle. "'Married little Christmas family.'
1: "'Ho,
0: ho, ho!' boomed a voice from the sky. The littles looked up and saw red light shining through the fog. It grew brighter and brighter until Santa's sleigh appeared, led by Rudolph's glowing nose and eight other reindeer. They pranced through the air, bells jingling on their harnesses as they soared. The littles watched, mesmerized, as the sleigh swooped and the reindeer touched down on the roof with a clack-clack-clack of their hooves. Not noticing the tiny family nearby, Santa hopped out of his sleigh with his giant bag and squeezed down the chimney, followed by a curious-looking fairy with peppermint-swirl hair. When they reappeared moments later, they were whispering excitedly to each other, some of the best work i've ever seen they heard santa say before he jumped back onto the sleigh and flew off the rooftop still in the daze, the littles climbed down from the roof and made their way back to the pine tree their feet crunched across the snow that glittered in the moonlight when they got home and hung up their coats they found their tiny stockings bulging over the crackling pixie fireplace "'He's already come!' Corby said, jumping up and down. He ran over and looked at all of the presents under the pinecone tree. "'Um, Hugh,' said Tabitha, tugging on Hugh's coat. "'Have I gone barking mad, or is our hallway bigger?' Hugh looked beyond the spiral staircase and indeed saw that a deeper hallway had been dug into the burrow.' By light it is, he whispered. Together, they walked down the freshly dug hall into a new room, where they found Snowflake pawing at the dirt walls. A new hole led up from the room to the outside. Snowflake turned around with a start when he finally noticed them.
1: I didn't hear you come in, he said.
0: What's this? Tabitha looked over the new room.
1: Well, I figured since you have a new little one on the way, you might need a little extra space. I guess this is my way of saying thank you.
0: Mr. and Mrs. Little teared up. Thank you, they said. Snowflake shook off his smile and glanced around the room.
1: You know... "'I think this is plenty big, so i I better get going.' He turned to climb back out his hole,
0: but the littles stopped him. "'Stay for warm berry porridge, won't you?' Tabitha said. "'It's a Christmas Eve tradition, and we'd love for you to join us.' Snowflake smiled his big fluffy white smile and purred.
1: "'I'd love that. But is there any way we could eat in here?' I'd rather not celebrate the evening by getting my face stuck in the hallway. I'm still a little sore from the broomsticks. Of course, Hugh said,
0: running to grab the porridge, but instead returning holding a couple of broomsticks. Did someone ask for broomsticks? Gorby came running into the room, waving a letter. I found this in my stocking. What does it say? "'Mrs. Little said with surprise. "'Gorby opened the letter and read aloud. "'Dear Little family, thank you for lighting up the town for me. "'I would have passed right over it if it weren't for your lanterns. "'I'm equally impressed with your toy-making. <laughs> "'The gifts you left the Dawsons were thoughtful and beautiful. "'If you are willing, I'd love to offer you a job.' Oh, please send your response to thirteen fifty four jingle bell way north pole zero 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 merry christmas and ho 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 Santa Claus the little family slowly looked at each other a job Tabitha repeated Hugh snorted as if waking from a deep sleep <coughs> where are we Tabitha was there a cat in here Tabitha patted Hugh on the shoulder and went to the kitchen for the berry porridge. When she returned, they enjoyed the warm treat and relived the magical night for Hugh. As they finished their story, Hugh sat back in his chair, full and satisfied. Well, I'll be. That sounds like the most wonderful Christmas ever. And it was... We're Santa's little helpers. We make the wheels go round, day and night, night and day. Here in Christmas Town. We're Santa's little helpers, and it's just you wanna know if you wanna date under the mistletoe. We're Santa's little helpers. Toys. The trinkets for the girls and the trucks for the boys We're Santa's little helpers so we know every trick Cause we rode the book. Eric, that was amazing. I loved your voices, especially Snowflake the Cat. When you said hors d'oeuvres like that, you were like, hors d'oeuvres. I seriously died, dude. It was hilarious. Guess what, Rocketeers? Like I said at the beginning, if you head on over to Mr. Eric's show, What If World, and listen to the What if Miss episode, you will hear about what happens to Snowflake after this story. That's right, our holiday episodes connect. Eric invited me to join him in his What If Miss special, and we had a blast. It was so much fun. I got to reprise my role as Frarian, the alien fairy, and it's seriously one of my favorite characters, you guys. I think you're going to really like it, so go check it out. The What If World What If Miss special. Eric, why don't you tell our listeners a little about your show?
1: Ah, Greg, I had a blast, as always. So my show's called What If World. And I take what-if questions from kids like you, and I tell unscripted stories, oftentimes with a guest. I try to keep them funny and light, but I also try to sneak in a lesson or two, which is part of the reason I love helping to tell your stories. I always try to mean something. So uh, thanks again for having me, and maybe I'll see you folks over at What If World. Thanks again, Eric.
0: Rocketeers, I know many of you already listen to What If World, but for those who haven't heard it yet, you're missing out. Seriously. It's funny, imaginative, and has great lessons, too. You'll love it, I promise. What If World. And Eric is just an all round amazing dude. And as you all know, I don't really collaborate with many people, but Eric's a good friend and I always have a blast doing a story with him. I hope you all enjoyed this story and got something out of it. Even if you don't celebrate Christmas as a family, I think this is a great reminder that we need to care for one another and be kind to each other. This is a season to spread love and to give. The Littles really sacrificed and worked hard to make the holiday special for the Dawson's. And as you saw, that generous attitude was contagious, and even Snowflake did something nice in the end. Remember, no matter how little you are, you have something to give. For a baby, it may just be a smile. But how awesome is a baby smile? Everybody loves a baby smile. But for you, it might be a nice picture or a note you write for a parent or a sibling. It could be a phone call to a grandparent, or a treat for a neighbor or a friend. I know it's a crazy time we live in with the pandemic, but there are still so many opportunities to spread love and to be kind. From my family to yours, I hope you all have a very merry little Christmas. Before I sign off, I want to read a couple of reviews. I know I said I was going to do this. So here's one from Claire in Florida. She said, hi, this is the best podcast ever. I love it so much and listen to it every time the episodes come out. It helps me take my mind off the lockdown and it brings out my imagination. Thanks again. Claire, that's awesome. Thank you so much for leaving the review, and I'm so glad that these stories have helped you during the lockdown. I know we're all going a little stir-crazy, so that's amazing feedback. Thank you so much. This review is from someone anonymous. I don't know who it is, but they said, I love the new Camp Dino series, and I love Grandpa's Globe, probably because I love geography. That's awesome. You love geography. Also, if you do another series of Grandpa's Globe, can you do one about South Korea? It's an amazing place, and you can actually order fried chicken anywhere at any time. Oh, come on. That is awesome. You've sold me. I love fried chicken anywhere, anytime. And South Korea is an awesome country. I agree. So, hmm, I'm going to have to keep that in mind for the future. Thank you, Anonymous. And this last one is from Cow 87 and it says, The whole family enjoys it. We have a 6-year-old girl who loves to read and asks a million questions a day. We listen to this podcast on the way to and from school often. It's something I can listen to as a mom that doesn't make me crazy. Fun adventure stories for kids of all ages. Try it out. You'll love it too. Thank you, AllieCow87. I'm glad you guys are making this a tradition as a family, and I'm especially glad that it's not driving you crazy. Because honestly, my voice can drive me crazy sometimes, so I'm glad to hear it doesn't drive you guys crazy. Rocketeers, thank you so much for leaving this feedback, and as always, you can shoot me an email if you want to give me some private feedback. Anything and everything's appreciated. I'm not going to be able to read all of the reviews on the show, but I'll try to read a couple of them here and there. I think it's fun to hear what people are thinking about these stories. And if you're looking for a way to support the show, please check out the Purple Rocket Podcast Patreon page. There are some exclusive stories on there. Uh, it's a great way to support the show, so please check it out. And once again, Rocketeers, happy holidays.
1: Till next time, this is your host, Greg Webb.